Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Well, our Christmas service is called The Sound of Christmas, and I'm just going to I'm going to start us off this week um, leading into our Christmas service. And, um, and actually, this, this, the whole sermon title, the, the whole Christmas theme came out of when I was in the UK just recently and um, what was it, six months ago. And uh, we, I was speaking at an all-in so all the churches of this particular town all came in together and the actual church service was at a Salvation Army um, church. And uh, in the UK, Salvation Army, like Australia, are huge. And the, the, the brass band were practising um, over, over to the side before the service had started. And when they were practising, and I said to Helen, when they were playing you know, the brass instruments, it just sounded like Christmas. I said, that's the sound of Christmas to me. Every time I hear that, because, you know, you see them outside Bunnings, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, you throw some money at them and all that. Um, and so that's where we've got the theme from, that, you know, th- there are certain sounds of Christmas. So that there, are, there are certain things that you ought to be hearing around that time. And, uh, and plus, it just sounds cool to call it the sound of Christmas. So that's pretty much where it came from. And so I'm going to start, um, you know, some some messages. And then, of course, tonight we have baptisms right here at Lifehouse Church. We're going to see some people declare their faith publicly. And so this place will be packed full of people. And so we welcome you to come to that. And again, I'll be speaking tonight. And there'll be a slightly shorter message because of baptisms, but we're still going to have a great time. So would you bow your heads with me and, and we'll start this message. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. Lord, we love you, we thank you. And Lord, I know that we have come with hungry hearts this morning. And Lord God, we are expecting you to speak to us, challenge us, encourage us. And Lord, build up our most holy faith in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The sound of Christmas. Some of you may have heard the story of a, of a dog that walked, uh, walks into a butcher and he pushes open the door, jumps up onto the counter, and the butcher says, can I help you? And the dog just looks at him, and he, and, and he says, are you here to buy some meat? And the dog goes, woof. He goes, okay, wh- what type of meat did you, did you want some sausages? He goes, woof. Uh, did you want some steak? Woof. He's pretty amazed by this dog. He goes, okay, and do you have the money? Woof. And he hands over a purse. He opens up the room, takes the money out, and he's like, this is amazing. And then as he watches the dog go out, he's thinking, this dog's an amazing dog. And a, a guy falls down and starts having a cardiac arrest on the, on, the, on the middle of the footpath, and the dog sees it and starts jumping on him and actually resuscitates him. <laughs> this guy's like, this dog is amazing. So he follows him all the way home, and the dog is, with his paws, he's pushing, he's, he's got, there's a keypad to the entry of the house and he's pushing on the keypad and the door doesn't open so he starts scratching on the door and, uh, and the, you know, eventually the owner comes and he starts yelling at the dog, you stupid dog, you stupid dog. And, and this guy says, excuse me, sir, this is the smartest dog I've ever seen. Like, why are you calling him stupid? He said, you know what, it's the third time in a row that he can't remember the pin number. Moral of the story, unthankful owner, unthankful. 
right? And, and when I think about Christmas, um, I hear the sound of thankfulness. Christmas should be a time of thankfulness. Actually, my message is called happiness equals thankfulness. Everybody in this room wants to be happy. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna speak into that this morning because I honestly believe that thankfulness is what leads to happiness. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice. Come on, join me with a loud voice. One, two, three. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I'm glad three of you did that. It's awesome. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned? to give praise to God except this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Incredible story, true account. Do you know, we can easily forget in this story the reality of this disease called leprosy. You know, we can read about it and you can, you can start to see that it's, you can start to think that it's just like an, New, early New Testament thing, something that happened thousands of years ago. Leprosy still exists today. Did you know that? Still exists. And it's a contagious disease that affects your skin. It affects your membranes and your nerves and it causes discoloration. It causes disfigurement and deformities. These people, these 10 people were isolated because of, a, because of the contagious nature of leprosy. Leprosy impacted every area of their life. This isn't like a small headache. This isn't like a cold or a flu. This isn't like I've got a sore leg. Leprosy was the worst thing you could have at that time. It was a horrible disease that affected every part of your life. But the emotional pain was probably the worst part of it all. Why? Because the reason why Jesus sent them to the priest is because he was the priest and he was also the doctor. And if someone saw that you had inflammatory skin or if you looked like you had um, pus oozing out of a particular part of your body, they would send you to the priest and you would go there. And as you would show yourself, he would tell you whether you had leprosy or not. Now listen, if he told you that you had leprosy, there was no going home. If you had just been married and you went to the priest to show yourself, they would have to quarantine you immediately. Now we know today why, why that was necessary, because it was contagious. So he couldn't even go home to hug his wife for the last time. He would have to be approximately 25 metres away from any other person. This, these, these 10 people couldn't touch their children's faces. They couldn't read a book. They couldn't work a job. It was 
a situation that completely isolated your life. Do you, are you getting the picture of leprosy? There's nothing romantic about it. It's not just a story. This was real. It was a forever disease and it impacted every part of your life. And the good news is Jesus healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. Every single one of them were healed. But the Bible tells us only one came back to say thank you. And the big question is, why? It's not like Jesus gave them gold class tickets and just said, hey guys, I've got a gift for you. I understand if they didn't come back because he gave them gold class tickets. I understand if they didn't come back if he just bought them a new outfit. I understand if they didn't come back if he gave them some type of gift that was fairly insignificant. Friends, he completely changed their life and he gave them something that they could not do for themselves. It's not like he gave them a lot of money because you can go work hard and earn a lot of money. He did something for them that they could not do for themselves. And the big question is, why did only one person come back? Well, I think it's obvious because of everything I just said. When they finally got to the priest and they discovered that they were healed, they could now go home and hug their wife. They could now go home and touch their children and touch their faces. And I think what basically happened here was they experienced the healing of Jesus. And so they got on with their life and they began to do everything that they could not do, just like you and me, when we experience the forgiveness of Jesus and He takes away the guilt and the shame, we start finding our purpose, we start living our life and we start doing all the things that we thought were impossible. And these people just got on with life. It wasn't an evil thing that they did. They just went home and got a job. They just went and started saving for retirement. They could finally live the life that they were dreaming of. But there's only one problem with that. One problem. Verse 17, Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? There's only one problem with them getting on with their life. Jesus expected them to come back and say thank you. And why would I preach a message like this? Come close to Easter. Uh, Easter. <laughs> yeah, for some, yeah, we're already there. We're already there. This is, this is the problem that we can get so busy and we can completely forget the whole reason we are doing this whole thing. Well, I'm busy. I don't have time to go back to Jesus, but what are you busy celebrating? Christmas. You're very busy celebrating Christmas and all of us have got to go to parties and work parties and we've got to do a whole lot of stuff. But He is the reason we're doing the stuff, but we don't have time to go back and thank Him because we're very busy doing the stuff. And I just think come Christmas time, the sound that Jesus should be hearing across the earth is a unanimous, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if anyone agrees with that, let's give him a huge round of applause because he's worthy. He's worthy of that. See, I, I think most of us in this room haven't been crying out to God to heal us of leprosy. I would imagine. But you have been crying out that He would heal your relationships 
and you have been crying out that He would give you a better job and a larger vision and more power and some opportunities and greater faith. And what about the wisdom that you've been praying for? And what about the health for our bodies? And it's so important that we don't align ourselves with the nine, but this morning my prayer is is that we would be that one that would come back today. And if anybody wants to join me in, in being that one person that comes back and says, thank you to Jesus, then I'm gonna welcome us to do that today. Because it says in verse 15, it says one of them. How many of them? One. Poke the person beside you and say, you are the one. And if she's single... That just goes to a whole new level. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, by the way, this is just the beginning, so you need to brace yourself, all right? It says, one of them, when he, when he found out that he was healed, he came back praising God, how? In a loud voice. Why was he yelling out in a loud voice? Because he was a leper, he wasn't allowed to be around people. He had to be at least 25 to 30 metres away. So any request this guy would have to get any help, it would always be a yelling situation. He would have to yell out to his family. He would have to yell out to his friends. He would have to constantly yell out. And the Bible tells us that when he was asking for healing, all of them, the Bible says they were yelling out with a loud voice. Why? They weren't allowed to get close. So their yelling was loud. And that's what they got used to was loud yelling. Yelling out for help. Has anyone, does anyone, has anyone experienced yelling out for help? Jesus, help me. So no wonder when he got his healing, he didn't stop yelling. He started yelling out instead of help, it was yelling out, thank you. And what tends to happen with us is that we are very good at yelling out to God when we need something, but when He hands it over, we're not very good at yelling out the thank you. But this morning, we need to make a decision. We're gonna be yellers of the thank you that Jesus deserves. He deserves a yell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, we can't just be people that just yell out for help. No, no, we need to reciprocate. He was being thankful. There is a quote, I don't know who said it, but it's just a quote. It says, would that our thanksgiving were as loud as our clamouring requests. Do you know that Jesus never commanded them to come back? Did you know that? He never commanded them, but He expected it. He didn't command it, but he expected it. He said, where's the other nine? Didn't they come back? But Jesus, you didn't tell us to come back. Yeah, I know, do I have to? Like, do we need a commandment from God to give him thanks? Well, Jesus, you haven't commanded me to say thank you, so I'm not gonna say thank you. Really? After all that I have done for you? It shouldn't have to be a request, friends. It shouldn't have to be a command. It should be a response from our heart. Some of you have been praying about a baby. God delivers. Come on, this is the time to be thanking Him. Some of us have been saying, God, I needed a job. Remember, you prayed about that in January. It came through for you in June. But have we come back to say thank you? Some of you ladies have been praying about your husband because he's being a little bit mean lately. And you've been praying about it and slowly, slowly you're seeing some change. Come on, you were yelling out to God in the shower, crying out, God, change Him. And God is beginning to change, but is He getting the thank you that He deserves? Let's be a part of the one that will praise Him and thank Him. Some of you found your purpose this year. God is doing good things. And I'm, I've, I've just decided I'm gonna be the one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be the person that comes back. But it goes a little bit deeper. Can I go deeper? Here it goes. Verse 15 says, now this is just, there's, there's a little 
passage coming up and I think they've got it. Maybe I'll read it with you on the screen. It says, one of them, when he saw he was, what word is it there? Healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Next. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him, he was married. Next. And then it says, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Keep going. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Last verse. And then it says, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, when you read that, you see the word healed, cleansed, made well. And we all, we just think it's the same word. But they're three different words. The first word is Iomea, which basically means forgiveness. The first thing Jesus says was, weren't all of them forgiven? The next word is cleansed, and that is to be cleansed of your guilty conscience. He says, but weren't all of them cleansed? And then he comes to that last word, and some of you have heard this word. He says, you can go. One person received this, only one person. He says, you can go. You've been made well. The word is sozo. Do you know what sozo means? You've received full salvation. What does that mean? Can you be half saved? No, no, what it, what it means is those, those nine, they received forgiveness. But have a look at what sozo means. It means to be saved, healed, delivered. You know, there's a lot of people that are, that are forgiven of sin, but they're not delivered. They're not delivered of rejection. They've still got rejection in their heart, so they can't have great friendships because every time they try and make a friend, they're scared they're gonna be hurt. So even though they're fully forgiven, they don't have a series, a whole lot of friends that they can hang out with because they're full of rejection. You know, sozo salvation gets rid of the rejection. And out of the, out of the 10, only one received sozo. And how did he receive it? Because he came back to say, thank you. Thank you leads to sozo salvation. And today I would pray that if you're at that first level of just being forgiven, I'm going to tell you how you can get the full salvation. Be thankful with all your heart every day of your life. Be thankful. This person received it. It also means preserved, protected, prosperous and made whole. Do you know, God doesn't want to just forgive us. He wants to protect you. He wants to guard your heart. Have a look at what Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Listen to what it says. Tell God what you need and thank Him. That was terrible. Can we say that again? And thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. And His peace will guard your heart. It's all got to do with this thing called thankfulness. Show me someone who is thankful. And I'll show you someone whose heart always seems to be cleansed, pure, You you sit with them and there seems to be an openness about them. They're not always messed up. Why is it important to to guard our heart? We know what the Bible says about guarding our heart. It will dictate every part of your life. But how do we do that? Be thankful. Some of you have heard me say this before. The seeds of bitterness cannot grow in the soil of thankfulness. Keep, Keep a thankful heart, friends. And 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 you know what? This isn't this isn't like a message that is sitting up there as theology. This is Monday. This is today. We need to be, some of you are gonna be given presents this year. 
And there's going to be a spirit that will say to you, again? You're trying to come up with a new way of saying, oh, that's nice. But I want to challenge you to be thankful. Let's, let's be thankful. You know, have a look at what it says when it comes to healing. You know, I was, I was reading an article, CNN. This is what CNN tells us. There's a picture, guys, of, a, of an article. And there it is. Look at that. Why being thankful is so good for your health. Do you know, we are designed by God to be thankful. And right now, there are some of you, myself, there are dreams in your heart that you're trying to aspire to, and that is awesome. But God would say to you, that's ahead of you. What you need to be doing right now is being thankful for everything God has already done. You're currently living the space that you're in right now. Because if you do that, it brings a health. It brings a health to your body. Yeah, but I, I, I haven't bought the house yet. I know. But you can see. And there is so much to be thankful for. And when we adopt this spirit, you'll find that the things that you have, God begins to multiply. Jesus had some bread. And the Bible says in Matthew 15, verses, uh, verse 36, it says, and He took the seven loaves and the fish. And the Bible says He gave thanks. What happened to the bread once Jesus gave thanks for it? It multiplied. Do you want some things to multiply in your world? Do you want opportunities to multiply? Be thankful for the opportunities you've already got. You've already got some contracts. Let's be thankful. Let's, let's have a spirit of thankfulness. It, it reproduces itself. Yeah, I do, Pastor Rich. I do it, but only on the inside. Friends, that's not thankfulness. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8, it says, come on, can we read this one out together? One, two, three. It says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. I can't hear you on the inside. I can only hear what comes out of your mouth. So when I'm in that foyer, what the Bible is telling us is that you're supposed to be walking up saying, Pastor Rich, you wouldn't believe what God has done for me. I've got to tell the whole world what God has done. And it may be that He got you a car park. <laughs> Gratefulness is something you feel. Thankfulness is something you say. And I'm just challenging you, life house. I want us to be a church. I want us to be the one. I want us to be a church that Jesus says, that church is the one. They always seem to come back and say, thank you. And some of you, but my life's just not that great. Like, I don't have a whole lot. I mean, it's been a terrible year. You know, the Bible says, give thanks in everything. It doesn't say give thanks for everything. But no matter what situation you're in, you're supposed to be saying, God, this isn't great for me, but I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you that I'm alive. I want to thank you that my kids are still around. I want to thank you that I have an opportunity to work, even though your best friend has just backstabbed you. That's not fun. That's not fun. But you can be thanking God that you had a best friend <laughs> and that maybe you need a new one. Maybe stay away from that friend. Why does God want us to thank Him? Why does He need to hear it? Is it because He's that insecure? Well, it's the same question, why do we need to worship? Is it because God doesn't know that He's great? It's like, God, I need to remind you, great are you, Lord. Really? Me? No, you need to remind yourself that great are you, Lord. Why are we being thankful? You need to remind yourself what God has already done for you. And as you remind yourself, 
then you will find that it is reproduced over and over and over again. Friends, this is the reality. Whatever situation you're currently going through, you think it's really bad. I know you think it's really bad. I guarantee you, just give me three minutes and I'll find someone whose situation is far worse than yours. Like, I, I, I understand that there are situations going on right across this room, but tell me what it is and I'll show you someone who's going through far worse things than that and they're probably even being thankful. Now, we're, go, we're gonna get to a place where we just believe that we ought to be thankful. Friends, I'm talking about the small things. Some, some of you may or may not know, but it, some of you do know this, I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> Which by the way, I found out is chondriac. There's no T on the end of that. Did you know that? Yeah. I apologise about that, sorry. I thought there was a T on the end. That's just what I thought there was. But there's no, it's just, it's like a maniac, hypochondriac. Well, thank you, no one told me. Anyway, no matter what I've got going on, I'm dying, okay? That's just, I don't know why, but I'm dying. I'm always dying. I started to get this lump on the side of my leg. And it was, it was growing slightly, and, and I went, oh, I wonder what that could be. Well, what do you think? You know, huh? you know what I mean? Right, it's thing in my leg, in my body, it's growing. It's only one thing that's going on here. I'm dying. You guys are gonna need a new pastor, you're gonna grieve for three or four years. Helen's gonna stay single for the rest of her life because no one else can compare. Just working through these issues, you know what I mean? My kids are just a complete mess. Just... So I go to the doctor and I'm like, I'm sure you're gonna just tell me that it's nothing. So he does, you know, does the whole scan thing, he does the scan. And you know when the doctor just goes, hmm. It's like, okay, don't drag this out, don't drag this out. He's like, how long's this been going on for? Oh, oh no, I don't wanna hear this question. Uh, about a year. <laughs> Yeah, I promise you, a year. Yeah. What's the matter with some people? Just gets onto it. I'm dying. It's happening. This is, the wheels are in motion. I'm dying. Anyway, he goes, look, we've got to get you to the doctor, you know, to, to the specialist. Go to the specialist. This is where the specialist says, just go home. There's nothing wrong with you. He goes, this is very serious. This, this could be, you know what? The big C word. Bang, at that moment, you know what? It, it does change everything. Do you know, you know the, the first thing I was thinking about is, so how do I go for a run now? Because remember, now they've amputated my whole leg, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm walking in, I've got no leg at all. And I'm like, g'day church, right? And, and I started to think, so there's no more, you know, I love to go for, does anyone else enjoy going for a bit of a run? No? Okay, wrong church, okay, okay. <laughs> I love going for a bit of a run. You know, all of a sudden I'm thinking, I can't go for a run anymore. And it's amazing. I'd never thanked God, ever. God, thank you that I, usually I'm cursing someone. You know, usually like, why do I have to do this? Why can't I have a body like Theo Villaris? <laughs> Jonathan Beatty. Look at me, got to run around the block. Those guys are munching on Krispy Kremes all day. <laughs> Nothing. Me, no, I've got to run around the block 18 times. I think I've put more weight on by the time I get back. <laughs> but for, you know, for the first time, I actually said, God, I wanna run. I, I, I wanna be able to, I wonder what things you're experiencing right now that you've never, ever, ever said thank you, but you're living it out right now. But you know, it could be, you know, it can be taken away 
in a moment. In a moment. So in the end, do you want to hear what it was? It was just basically hair that was... No, it wasn't that. It wasn't It wasn't. It was just, I don't know, it was like a, a fatty, fatty tissue or something. Anyway, cut it out, all good. I, but I tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. There are some people in our church that are going through that. And I think God allowed that, to be honest, because for a moment, I actually understood, just, just very briefly, wow. Wow. Changes everything. Changes everything. Right now, if you're sitting there and you don't have some sort of major terminal or, you know, impacting sickness right now, Man, you should be on your chair screaming out to God, saying, thank you, God, for my health. I am so thankful. I, God, I just can't believe what you... Yeah, but I didn't get tickets to Frozen 2. Are you serious? You've got a healthy body. We should be screaming and yelling and thanking God and coming back to Jesus, saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's it going to take for us to have an attitude of thankfulness? Does it have, do we have to have that scare? Do we have to have that moment? Why can't we just be thankful right here, right now? Why can't we be? We can. We can be that person. Come on, right now, if you're at work if you, on, on Monday and, and you're thinking about all the problems you've got, you've got to realise you've got a job. You know, you, you've only got that problem because you've got a job. Let's be thankful for the job. You know, Matthew Henry was, was robbed. And he was a, a, a pastor in the early 1700s. And he was robbed. And the next day in his diary, he wrote, let me be thankful first, because they only took my wallet and not my life. And secondly, that it was I who was robbed and not myself doing the robbing. Wow, what an attitude. Like, you just got robbed. Yeah, I know, but thank God that I'm not in a position where I have to rob. Come on, we need to lift up our thankfulness. You know, there's a beautiful man in our church. He and his family have been coming just for a little while. And he's been a part of another church. And he came up to me just last week. He said, Pastor Rich, uh, I've just got to tell you something. I can't believe every week at Lifehouse, people give their life to Jesus. He goes, I've been coming for a few months now. Every week. He goes, I get into my car and I just, I, I just say, God, again? And I'm like, that's not happening everywhere. See, this, is, this is our world now. This is our world where people are giving their life to Jesus week in, week out, hands going up, people loving Jesus, baptisms tonight. Do you know, we can start to think that this is just what happens everywhere. But friends, it's not. It's not. And you know what? We need to be thankful for what God is doing in our house. God is reaching people. He's touching people's lives. Come on, we need to be a thankful people. We can do that. You know, some of you are like, you know... I just wish I had, my husband had more of an eye for detail, you know? He just doesn't notice when things are left around the house. And that really annoys me. He doesn't have an eye for detail. Well, it's that same lack of an eye for detail that doesn't see your wrinkles, sweetheart. Okay? Can't have it both ways. I need you to have an eye for detail. Well, now that you're talking about it. No, I'm serious. I know I've just lost half the crowd. All right. <laughs> and there are some guys, they're like, you know what? I just wish my wife had just a little bit more wisdom. Just a, no, no, just a little bit more wisdom. No, no, no. Thank God for her lack of wisdom because she wouldn't have married you. Right. 
come on. One all. How do you see things? How do you see things? There was a car driving down the street, driving erratically, left to right, left to right, left to right. Policeman pulls him over. Sir, what are you doing? I'm just trying to avoid all these trees on the road. He goes, sir, it's your air freshener. We're losing the crowd, guys. We're losing them. They're out of here. (laughs) Gotta be thankful. You like that one? You know, they say women that are put on a few pounds live longer. But men who mention it don't. (laughs) Why am I saying this? I don't know. <laughs> you just got me on a roll. There, w- there was one written down here, but I thought, let's just be thankful. <laughs> Gotta have a laugh. As you go into this Christmas season, you know, tis the season to be jolly, tra la 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 la. How about we change it to tis the season to be thankful? Yeah? Come on, we need to be thankful. I know that there's a whole lot of stuff that's not right going in your life right now. There's a whole lot of stuff. Some of you are single, you wish you were married. Some of you are married, you wish... <laughs> you marriage to improve. Um, you know, there's just a whole lot of stuff we wish we could change. Isn't that true? But yet you're actually think, you're thinking about those things with a mind that works should be thankful about that because my dad had Alzheimer's and his, his mind wasn't working. My dad wasn't thinking about those things because basically Alzheimer's had taken hold of his mind. You know, I just think we've got a lot to be thankful for. So I'm just wondering, can we be the one and can we come back and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I don't want to be the nine. Forgiveness, cleanse from a guilty conscience, sozo. Let's go for sozo. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.